This is the Epic Life Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Eric Knopf, and we are so excited to have you with us. Epic Life is a faith community that empowers people just like you to grow, to create, to give, and lead so that you can impact the world for Christ. And you can learn all about us at epiclife.org. Today's podcast episode is with Charity Eilering. Charity has one of the most amazing stories, and she has this story that she goes from being limited and suppressed to being a powerful businesswoman, powerful mother, and a powerful contributor to the kingdom. My favorite part of this episode is where she talks about coming to grips that she was meant for something more, as well as some of the powerful affirmations she read over herself to move her into a place of significance and breakthrough. So it's really inspiring. I hope you enjoy it. So let's go. I want to help share some of your story. I think it's really inspiring. You're a female entrepreneur. Can you tell me a little about what you do right now? Definitely. I have officially 10 years ago this year, uh, but had started doing stuff for friends about 12 years ago while I was also in college. And it's it's been amazing. The last four years, things have really taken off. And uh, it's been exciting to be able to focus on it more and have Jared working with me. I really love it. Now, why is it significant that you're a female entrepreneur? It's not maybe like your upbringing kind of groomed you to be an entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about why it's significant that you're a female entrepreneur. Yes, that is for sure. So I grew up in a big family and my dad was a pastor in a very conservative church. So there was a lot of pressure constantly to perform. We had to be perfect. He was the pastor and um, they also, you know, and I love my parents. They were amazing and they did the best that they knew but they also believed that women were created to be submissive and stay-at-home wives and amen amen <laughs> come on and to cook and clean and have children and so that for that was just very confusing growing up in that home but yet living in the world that we live in because nobody tells their kids these days that they can't go to college so when that happened at 17 Wait. it was Pause there. So were you not allowed to go to college or is that perceived and viewed as something you shouldn't do or is undeserving of women? Definitely. They definitely did not believe that women, it was not the place for women. And so when they found out that I had signed up for college when I was 17, I came home one day and everything I had had been packed up into suitcases and they had told me that if I was going to be a bad example to my younger siblings, that I could take care of myself and was not allowed to stay at the home. Wow. So again, I, they were doing the best that they knew. And since the younger kids have grown up, they don't believe that, which I'm very thankful. Um, I've got five older sisters and none of them had gone to college at that time. So I was quickly the black sheep of the family. <laughs> And black sheep out of being ambitious and, yeah, and educated. Just, exactly. And, and wanting to pursue my dreams. At that point, I really wanted to be a nurse and then go on to become a midwife. And I, I remember going and talking to the pastors at the church that I was going to and just feeling very confused why, why anybody would think that would be wrong. It just it felt like a very uh, like noble goal to have. But it was to become not. a powerful person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to help other people to do something with my life. So 
It was not well received though at that time. So this story is fascinating to me. One, because I know you to be this ambitious entrepreneur, which is definitely not the acceptable paradigm to come out of your upbringing. Yeah. How was it with dreaming and your ambitions and having that drive because it was in direct disobedience to your upbringing? How did you kind of navigate that? Mm-hmm. I feel like for a few years after my parents found out I was going to college, from the time I was about 17 to 21, there was a lot of times where I felt very confused. Confused with everything that I had known up to that point, yet not being totally convinced that was the right thing. And then meeting all these people who were so proud of me and so excited for my future. And that was during the time that Jared and I met and started dating. And he was so amazing. He had grown up as an entrepreneur. He had um, always been very encouraged to go that route and to pursue anything he thought of. And that, that literally blew my mind. I had never seen that before. And so he was definitely probably one of my biggest supporters during that time, as well as his family. So I know the story of Charity, CEO, founder of Uptown Bookkeeping, servicing clients, in between an upbringing that was difficult. How, what was the in-between stops? I think when I met you before, you might have been working about 40 jobs a week uh, for like three cents an hour. Can, can yes. you tell me a little bit more <laughs> about what life was like post-college? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you were pursuing nursing. Tell me about that phase yes. of your life. Yes. Okay. So when I moved out when I was 17, in the next two years, I moved about 16 times, staying with friends, um, different family members for short periods of time. Jared's family let me stay with them periodically. I mean, I remember the day I moved my stuff into my first apartment. It was a year and a half after moving out of my parents' house, and I had kept all my stuff in my car for that time. I remember sobbing as I moved into my new apartment and emptying my car. And as hard as it had been in those two years of moving around and not feeling like I had a place, I was still so excited for my future because I knew that I was, I knew that I was created for more than just cooking and cleaning and having kids. And not to downplay that at all, it's being a mom is one of the most amazing things I've ever done. But having dreams and pursuing them and having people around you supporting that is incredible. And so despite how hard those two years had been, I was still so excited for what was ahead. And I, at that point I was in nursing school. I wanted to become a nurse and then I wanted to become a midwife and keeping those dreams in front of me and surrounding myself with those people who were excited and proud of me is what kept me going during those years. And what were you doing for work at that time? So I was going to school full-time, and I was also nannying full-time. Once I finished school, I got a few more jobs. A few (laughs) more. This is where we met. (laughs) Just not one, a few. Right. So I was uh, a full-time bookkeeper for a church. I was a full-time nanny, and I was a waitress at night. Wow. So that was fun. Life was busy. Life was busy. Those were long days. And do I remember the story right that one of the things that kind of nudged you into pursuing your own thing was that, were you told that we can't pay you more? In fact, we we 
had to pay you less, but now we're going to ask for more hours. <laughs> like what, what happened? There's some yes. event that happened in the course of that, that yes, story. Yes, yes, at the church. I had been there for three years as their bookkeeper, and they had had a change in management, and a lot of people, new people had come in and basically told me that my position was invaluable and they had to have me and it was so important, but they definitely couldn't pay me what I was being paid and they were going to need more time. Um, and that was when you talked to me and I remember you saying like, Charity, what are you doing? You should be starting your own business. And I, I literally looked at you and said, Eric, there's no way I could put one more thing on my plate. Cause I was convinced that I wouldn't be able to charge much. And you know, I wouldn't be very valuable to other people if I went on out on my own. And so for about six months, you kept bugging me about it. And I would just laugh every time like, oh, he just doesn't get it. And then I remember waking up one night, realizing I'd had some dream. I don't even remember the dream, but I remember thinking, I need to be working smarter, not harder. And I'm so good at working hard and being a little workhorse, but I can't do this forever and this is not fun. Like, what am I doing? And so I remember going back to you and saying, okay, I know you've been bugging me about this. Tell me more. Cause I, I don't know what that looks like. It feels overwhelming, but tell me more. That's right. Remember we made some yeah. of your first ads for you and yes. <laughs> took pictures in our office. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So how was it? So you, you kind of jump out of the airplane on your mm -hmm. first thing. What was that emotionally like? What were the fears? What were the, the feelings you're having? Oh, Tell was, me more about that. Yes, it was terrifying. And it was terrifying because I had to put a price next to what I thought I was worth. <laughs> as far as, you know, an hourly rate and how I go and selling myself, I, I cried even thinking of the thought of having to go sell myself to people, you know, and what I could do for them and how I could. Um... And it's every entrepreneur struggle, right? You know, there's so much insecurity around this is what I'm worth. Totally. Yeah. And feeling guilty of like, I'm going to charge you. You know, for bookkeeping or professional service. Right. And there's a guilt to, to ask people like, pay me now. Cause oh, I... exactly. And I had done three years of nursing and then switched to accounting. So I didn't have my accounting degree. And I there was this huge block that I had as far as I don't have a degree. So I definitely have nothing I can, you know, give a value. Yeah, it makes sense. So how did you overcome that? How did you get through that mental block? Getting through that mental block, <clears throat> I had Jared pushing me, I had you pushing me, and then not only you talking to me about it multiple times, I literally had clients coming and telling me that I was charging too little and that I needed to raise my hourly rate. And after that happened a few times, I started realizing like, wow, this is, um, after my clients came and were telling me that I needed to raise my rate, I realized that what Jared had been telling me and you had been telling me all along was right. So how is this psychologically for you? You are jumping ship. You're going into, you know, this new venture. Talk to me about psychologically the, you know, fears of failure. And did you wrestle with that? Did you think, man, this is going to be a terrible idea? What was that like? And kind of what happened after you immediately started? Yes, it was terrifying. I was so worried about going full-time and working uptown full-time that 
I thought, you know, I could just keep the jobs on the side. I could make sure, you know, we could pay the bills and I don't have to jump into it right away. And then one day I showed up to my nanny job and I had been with the family for four years and they said, you know what, Charity, we just enrolled all three kids in school. And so after today, we actually don't need you anymore, which, you know, not, Geronimo. not, not <laughs> planned at all. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> yep. Um, so then, you know, st- stuff happened with the church and there was more change in management over there and it just was not a good fit anymore. And so, you know, I thought, well, maybe I could actually do more with Uptown and maybe I should focus more on it. I also had this huge mental block because in the, at that point, Jared and I had been together about eight years and in my mind, he was the entrepreneur. He was always an entrepreneur. He always had been. He always would be. And I had told him our entire relationship that I would always be his biggest cheerleader. There was no nothing in there about me being an entrepreneur. I, Even though I was excited to pursue my dreams and um, have a career, I still believed, I think deep down, that I would just always be his biggest supporter. And so... For me to actually be the one having a business at that point was a huge paradigm shift. And then you've grown it ever since then. How many customers do you have that you service right now? Uh, right now on a monthly basis, I have between 50 and 60 wow. uh, clients. And, you know, they range all different sizes. But I really love the the challenge that each one brings and how they're all completely different. They all have different needs, and I absolutely love working with my clients, finding the pain points, and um, just being able to provide answers and create an easy process, something that before may have been frustrating or painful for them, is you know very headache-free now. And I can attest to that as one of your clients. You were my first. It wasn't, <laughs> I think you brought me my first seven clients in like two days. <laughs> I have this thesis that everybody hates accounting. Oh, that's true. Yes. Most people do. Yeah. Most business owners do for sure. Mm-hmm. And tell me about who's on team uptown bookkeeping. Yeah. So I, I love my team. We have a great team. I've got, uh, as of three years ago, Jared started working with me full time. He was definitely doing you know, part-time before that while he was working at another job. But three years ago, we started working full-time together and it's wonderful. He's, he's still, you know, the big picture visionary. He's asking me, you know, or telling me where he thinks we'll be in 10 years. And that always kind of freaks me out a little bit because I'm, I'm all about the details and I will tell you what's happening today and tomorrow and this week, but it can freak me out a little bit to think about that far down the road, but he's wonderful with that. So we're a great team. We work really well together. So is Jared and they have a couple other people too as well? Yes. So I have, um, I have one lady who's been with me for four years. She was a CPA for 20 years previously and an auditor during that time. And so she's been a great asset to the team. We have a developer that works full time for us. And then we've got three other people that help with the accounting. Wow. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, and I just hired, just the other day, I hired somebody else. Just He's starting kicking in ass in Jesus' name. I yes, know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. it. The reason I like to, to bro- the reason I like to bring that out is that it's not just the solopreneur. You know, mm-hmm. it's 
it's great to do something on your own and be your own. But it, when you add new people to the team, it is a whole nother animal. Oh, oh, it's incredible. The pressure that you can start to feel with like these people completely depend on this. Yeah, this it's not like I starve myself. I starve other people's families now right. if this fails. Right. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's also so exciting. I feel so honored that that I get to live life with these people, that we get to have a huge impact on their family and our clients. And it is so exciting. I feel like it's such a privilege. Do you mind sharing what annual revenues are to give people hope and aspiration? Yes. Okay. So let me back up a little bit. Sure. <laughs> so when I first started this, I, I was, um, gosh, we started in 2008. So I worked the business for a few years and it kind of scaled it back. Um, we had Addy things were, um, so I, I wasn't actually trying to grow for a few years. I was a stay you know, I was also a stay at home mom. You have three kids now, by the way, which makes your story even more remarkable. (laughs) We have three kids. So at that time I had one, you know, we had Addie. And then when I was, I got pregnant with Harvey, Jared and I had just been talking the month before, like, you know, I've been doing this just more than part-time. What would happen if I went full-time with it? What, like, what do you think we could even do? So at that point, you were kind of joking with me like, oh, hey, Charity, you had sent me a text like, oh, what are you doing now? You know, 160, 200. And I just remember being like, oh, my God, I couldn't even like comprehend those numbers. And I think my first year I did like 26,000, which to me was incredible. Sure. Because with my other three jobs, I think I made like 24,000. <laughs> so We're improving. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we're like, okay, I was pregnant with Harvey. We thought, you know what? Let's do something with this. I think that first year I doubled and we were more than doubled and we hit almost 60. And then the next year I hit just over 100. Last year it was, or I'm sorry, 2016, it was um, about 150. And then last year it was just under 200. Wow. Yes, which which is mind-blowing for me. Um, the High fact five. That it's awesome. I could ever do that. I could ever. Yeah. That's so cool. But you've been yeah. at this for, when did you start it? Almost 10 years ago? Almost 10 years ago. But I only, I went full time four years ago. Yeah. So I haven't, you know, I wasn't completely devoted to it. I was still um, stay at home mom at that time as well. Wow. That is. So it's been exciting. And I, I just feel like, gosh, once you hit you you make different goals for yourself and then you start hitting those goals and it's like oh my gosh i kind of wrote this on a paper like maybe one day but i've hit it and i've surpassed it so what's next you know and and jared's so great with the planning and and um setting goals those types of goals it's been very exciting i believe there's a lot of people who have ideas they have dreams and ambitions and they wrestle at that first step do you have any words of wisdom or, or guidance on people who are, are at that position of like they have the ambition and they're they're ready to do, but they they just can't pull the trigger on? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, a few things that have worked well for me personally would be writing the goals out, and I'm such a visual person. I have to have them in front of me constantly. So, I you know I think having those written and in front of you telling people about them because when you tell people about them it makes you accountable and it kind of keeps that alive because whenever they see you hopefully they're going to ask you about it 
and it'll keep that alive in you. I'd say affirmations for me were huge. Um, Jared actually wrote me probably 12 to 15 affirmations and which first of all, it was amazing that he wrote those and every one of them is incredible. And so I would read those affirmations over myself just about every morning as I was on my way to the office. Um, so it was, what do those affirmations sound like? I can pull them out. Pull them out. Let's get them. <laughs> All right. So a few of the affirmations that Jared wrote for me that I would speak over myself constantly, not even just in the morning, even throughout the day, if I felt like I was starting to hit a wall, I would pull them out just to remind myself who I was. And so here are a few of them. My daddy God loves me no matter what. His love for me never changes. He wants me. I am confident in in who I am and where I am right now. I am right where my Father God wants me. I am important and my needs matter. They are worth being filled by my Father God, myself, and those around me. I hear Holy Spirit and commune with Him throughout my day. I recognize the enemy's lies that, that I don't measure up, and I stomp them out before they go any further. I am bold and decisive in every decision I make. I am amazed. I am an amazing mother, and I show my father's love to Addie, Harvey, and Preston. He guides me, helps me, and is by my side in every detail of my day. I am an amazing woman. I am confident in my identity as God's daughter, and I don't have to work for approval. I am important, and what I say matters. People value my opinion and what I have to say. I am an equal and important part of my marriage with Jared. I am valued for who I am. I am his queen, and he values me and what I have to say. I have a voice. I am more than qualified to be a business owner. I am so confident in my problem-solving ability and am so trustworthy. I bring peace and prosperity to all of my clients and their businesses. Wow, that's awesome. What I love about the affirmations is they're very profound, and I know there's, there's ones about specific clients and marriage, mm-hmm. but there's a theme in there around a lot of them around identity in my own self. Can you speak to the role that identity plays into your success and into your ambitions? Uh, what, what significances does developing your identity help you? Identity is huge. And I think for so long I had lived with a certain paradigm of how I was told things should be and how I thought things should be, but having those affirmations and reaffirming myself with what God was actually saying with me continually on a daily basis helped me, helped give me the confidence to really step into that position and to start seeing some of those dreams come to life. Can we talk about just for a second about the climate surrounding women and the expectations on women and why we should even be impressed with female entrepreneurs. Like it's, it, it kind of seems like, wait, wh- why is this impressive? Like, shouldn't this be mm. expected? And so like, w- why is this an anomaly? C- can you talk oh, a little bit about, about maybe the state at ideas surrounding powerful women, women business owners, women preachers? Can you just maybe right. opine on, on some opinions on how you see the world right now as that relates to that? Oh gosh, I feel like we are freaking amazing <laughs> with all the hats we wear and I I feel like women need to be celebrated more not just for things they want to do but for for what they are doing whether you're a stay-at-home mom whether you have a business whether you are a full-time working mom 
we always feel so pulled in every direction and feeling like we're constantly trying to find that balance between it all. But just taking a moment to sit back and just be proud of yourself for raising your kids and or having a business or, um, you know, having those dreams and to really surround yourself with people who are going to keep those dreams alive for you. So we have a pretty wide reach here with our audience. Mm -hmm. And there's with 100% certainty there's someone listening right now who is living under that paradigm of a label or a lowered expectation that they've believed about themselves that their highest calling is to be quiet and unpowerful. What would you say to that person? Gosh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that if you're believing any lies that you are not enough or it's not meant for you or you don't have what it takes, that that's exactly what it is. It's a lie because that's not what Holy Spirit created us to be. He created us to be powerful and confident in our identity and dreamers. And so I would say that if that's something you are facing right now, to to write down the lie, but then next to it, write down the truth. And just let yourself be peaceful for a few minutes and write down the words the Holy Spirit gives you. You'll probably be blown away by the powerful, confident words that he's going to give you that actually line up with your true identity. Wow. Thank you so much. It was really fun to chat with you and so proud of all that you're doing and who you are and what you've done. And thanks for sharing your story and your insights. Yeah, thank you. This has been really wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Epic Life Podcast. If you want to be the first to know when a next episode is available, we can text you a link to it. All you need to do is just text your name to the number 916-246-2468. And then after subscribing, reply with the word podcast. Again, you're going to text your name into this number, which is 916-246-2468. Do you see it kind of just skips there by two? So text your name there. And then after subscribing, reply with the word podcast, and then we'll text you as soon as one's available. If you happen to be in the Northern California region, we'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings where people from all over the area and the region come together for a night of food, friends, worship, teaching. It's so much fun. And so you can grab free tickets there for our upcoming gathering by going to epiclife.org tickets. And wherever you are in your faith journey, we just invite you to get connected with us, to grow, to create, to give, and to lead. We believe that you were made to change the world. And so you can learn more about what we are doing or what our community is doing at epiclife.org. We'll see you next time.